I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. I have something I want to impart to you. I would say maybe it's vision, maybe it's uh, something fresh that you don't know, and probably knowing you guys, you've heard it before because it's a prophetic ministry. But you are not only called to be a house of prayer, which is paramount to what God has called you to be and called you to do, but the Lord was speaking to me over the last couple of days, and he says, I've also marked this church to be a house of miracles. Have you heard that before? Oh, that's good. I'm glad we're on the same page. Okay? So with that in mind, we're going to open up, and I want to read to you Acts chapter 10, verse 44. Now, the scriptures before Acts 10, 44, I was looking at it, and it basically was, uh, Peter was preaching, and he was preaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He was saying, we are witnesses of these things, and the Holy Spirit. Now listen, listen to this. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word. I would have to assume that that was unexpected. They didn't expect that to happen. But you know, the Holy Spirit is a person. He is the third person of the Trinity. And the Holy Spirit, without getting into 12 weeks of Bible school teaching, the Holy Spirit has a will. He not only confirms the word with signs following, but he has a will. And the Holy Spirit chose in this moment, as Peter was preaching, to manifest himself. And so one of the hallmarks of what I have been believing God for is particularly this scripture. And I'm happy that we're ending the year here at Worship Church with this scripture because it's going to be according to our earnest expectation and hope that if we expect the Holy Spirit to manifest, we expect miracles to happen, God will confirm his word with signs following, just like he did when Peter was preaching the word. Why can't it happen for us? One of the things I would say to God when I'd go and I'd travel these, these churches, I'd just put my hand on my hip. I'd be like, you know, here's the be like again. I'd be like, <laughs> Lord, I just believe that today when I'm preaching that the Holy Spirit is going to fall on all those that heard the word. But you see, you have to understand, I don't have anything to do with that. That's not my job. That's not my ministry. My job is to preach the word. My job is to put the word of God out there, and it's up to the Holy Spirit to confirm the word with signs following. But I think we need to be more open and receptive to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And the beauty of this church is you're already there. 
You don't understand because you got to go on the road with me sometime. You're already there. But I want you to enlarge your capacity to receive more. I think that's what God is saying to us here. He wants to, us to enlarge our capacity to receive more of what he wants to do. And that is signs and wonders and miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that we're a prophetic church, but there is more to the nine gifts of the Spirit. Did you know that? The nine gifts of the Spirit, we see a lot of the revelation gifts, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. We see tongues. We see interpretation of tongues, and we see prophecy. And through prophecy, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirit is like the vehicle that carries that manifestation of the Spirit. But there are three more gifts of the Spirit that we have not seen yet in this time. Now, Pastor Lydia, myself, some of you, Bob, Pastor Bob Piccola, we've seen some manifestations and measures of this anointing. But I'm going to tell you guys something. There is yet more to come. You know, uh, David T. DeMolo used to say, the best is yet to come. Let me tell you something. The best is yet to come. We have not yet seen uh, the, what God says. Well, not God. We made it up, actually. We have not seen the power gifts yet in manifestation. I said it because one time I was prophesying at one of our KIU events about four years ago, and the Lord said through my own mouth, he said, what you call, he said, he said, you're going to see more and more and more and more and more of the manifestation, he goes, of what you call the power gifts. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. I thought, you know, Lord, we did make that word up. It's not in the Bible, the power gifts. But what are the power gifts? It's, the power gifts are one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. Again, we're very familiar with the prophecy, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, so on and so forth. I mean, I was laying hands on people at Pastor uh, Walter N's church last Sunday night. People have their recorders. You know, they're waiting for a word from God. But you know what? I just want us to begin to expect more. Not that we don't despise prophesying. We need prophecy. It's helped us tremendously to get through the rough times that we've had in the last few years. But what about where spontaneous miracles begin to happen? So what are the power gifts? Obviously, I'm not using my notes right now. Don't you just love it when that happens? What are the power gifts? May not be like good for you, but for me, when you study, 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 it's just like, really? But anyway, <laughs> it's just amazing. Holy Spirit is amazing. See, we couldn't do this without him. Because this is how it works. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by talent. Yeah, we can make, you know, we can make our gift, polish it, but it's really by the Spirit. He brings all things to our remembrance, right? So the, what are the power gifts? The power gifts are the gift of faith. It is not your natural faith talk, spoken of in Romans 1017, where faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Your faith is a seed. It grows and it grows and it grows. You put the word of God in your heart and it causes faith to arise in your, in your life. You could say to this, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could say to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. It's not 
faith that grows, one of the fruit of the Spirit. When we talk about the gift of faith, it is the God kind of faith. It is faith that goes beyond any natural human faith, and it is literally the faith of God. And you can have all the unbelief in the room, and when the gift of faith is in operation, signs and wonders are going to happen. And listen, it, the gift of faith is one of the power gifts spoken of in the Word of God. It is one of the power gifts. And you could have a room full of unbelief, but when God is manifesting this gift of faith, it doesn't matter. Things are going to happen. The power gifts. So then you have the working of miracles. What is the working of miracles? Working of miracles is the intervention into the ordinary course of nature. For example, when, the, when, you know, when Moses stretched out his rod, the Red Sea departed. What was that? Was that Moses' faith? No. That was, listen, a working of miracles was in manifestation. You know, when all those plagues hit Egypt, what was that? It was the working of miracles in manifestation. When Jesus said to the man with the withered hand, stretch forth your hand, and his hand was healed like the other, what is that? That is the working of miracles. It's an intervention into the ordinary course of nature. It's not man's faith. It's not faith that grows. It's the God kind of faith, and it's a gift that's in operation that, that, that takes a hold, and it's, it's God's faith, and it's a miracle. You know, so many times we throw the word miracle out, we go, oh, that was a miracle. Oh, that was a miracle. Man, let me tell you something. I don't know about you, but I want to see some miracles in my day and in my hour. We've seen some things, but I want to see more. And I believe we need it in this day and in this hour because where sin abounds, the grace of God so much more abounds. And don't we need more grace in this time? Did you know that the power gives is the grace or are the grace of God in manifestation? So then we have the gifts of healings. Notice gifts, not gift of healings. I have the gift of healing. It's gifts of healing. I definitely have a healing anointing in my left hand, but it's, I don't know how God, however he wants to do it, but there is a tangible, at times as the spirit wills, a heat comes into my hand. There's an anointing in my hands. God said, lay hands on the sick. They'll recover. And the secret of the hiding of God's power is where? Habakkuk. In his hands. But it's, we're ta not talking about that kind of healing. We're talking about another dimension of healing where it's the gifts of healing, plural. So, with that in mind, I'm going to talk to you about Catherine Kuhlman. Ashi, ashi, ashi. I want to talk to you about Catherine Kuhlman. Now, as we talk about her, it's going to build faith in your heart. And it's going to cause you to understand that if God could do it through Catherine Kuhlman in that day, in that hour, in that, I don't know, that time and in that season, why can't he do it for us? We need the demonstration of the power gifts in this day and in this hour. And if we don't desire them, if we don't covet them, if we don't preach about them, it's not going to happen. Okay? Everybody with me? It's a very good teaching anointing here. So Catherine Kuhlman, what I love about her is she was an ordinary person. 
along with a handful of other ministers after World War II. It, and, and during that time, shook 20th century Christianity back to its roots by prophetically reintroducing the Holy Spirit and his gifts to the body of Christ on earth in which has proven to be one of the greatest revivals of all time, the charismatic renewal. So she was, she was instrumental in causing the birth of the charismatic renewal, but it wasn't Catherine Kuhlman. It was the Holy Spirit. He came upon her. The power of the Most High overshadowed her. She had a treasure in earthen vessel. She was an ordinary person. And I think the thing that had her stick out the most was that she was a woman who just said yes to the call of God on her life. She didn't draw back. She didn't say no. She was just a yielded vessel. How many of you are ordinary people? After she had been exposed to, quote, faith healers, she decided to search the scriptures for herself and discovered that it was God's will not only save, but to heal all of his children from every sickness and every disease. And I have to think about it. I said, Lord, I wonder what scripture she studied to find out that it was your will not only to save people from sin, but also to heal and the scripture from Romans 1.16 came up. And the scripture says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power, and that word power is dunamis. And it means inherent power capable of reproducing itself like a dynamo, also translated strength, ability, might, mightily, mighty work, wonderful work, worker, miracle of workers, and virtue. It is the power of God unto what? Salvation. That word salvation is soteria in the Greek. So the, the gospel, listen, is the power of God is able to work miracles unto salvation, which means deliverance, preservation, health, and salvation for everyone who believes for the Jews first and also to the Greek. Do you think she may have studied that one scripture and found out that it was God's will to heal? Absolutely. And I think she tapped into something. I think she was actually chosen, marked, called, and anointed from before she was ever formed in her mother's womb. God had a plan and a purpose for her life. And you know, if you know the story of Catherine Coleman, she didn't like, she didn't have a perfect life. She made some mistakes, but when she got back into obedience, continued to say yes to the Lord, that's when these manifestations began in her ministry. While preaching one day, a woman was healed of a tumor, listen, without anybody laying hands on her. She's preaching. And, you know, it'd be like you and I, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching, just preaching like an ordinary person, just preaching. And, and all of a sudden, you know, somebody in the back of the service just gets healed. Now, I didn't do anything. I didn't even know about it. And that's what happened to her. She didn't even know it. Yeah, you know, yep, yep. You know, the Lord just said to me, it was, it was a spontaneous miracle. How many, of you, how many of you believe we can see some of that in this day and in this hour? I want to see that. 
you know, you know, it's like the woman with the issue of blood. She suffered many things of many physicians, spent all that she had. She got worse. But when she heard of Jesus, in her case, her faith made her whole. She stepped in. She touched the hem of his garment. Virtue went out of him into her and healed her. Well, how about just some spontaneous miracles? How many of you would like to see that? Where nobody touches anybody. God just sovereignly says, you know what? I decided I'm going to step into that worship, house, worship church, and I'm just going to start healing some people. How many of you would like to see that? One day while preaching, again, this woman was healed without anybody laying hands on her and without Catherine being aware of what had happened. See, I like that. I like it. Why do we always have to be involved? You know, I think sometimes when we get involved, we get human-sized results. And we try to control everything. Well, how about letting the Holy Spirit control what he wants to do in our, in our meetings and in our midst? Amen? Then we'll get the God-sized kind of results. Amen? Do you know how many churches I go to that they're in control? They are in control. They're so much into control that they blocked out the, the Holy Ghost. You know, as a matter of fact, I heard Bono say one time, you know Bono from U2? You know, he's a humanitarian. He's actually a Christian. And he gives money to help the poor and the needy and the widows and the orphans. He's just packaged a little different than us, but I actually really like him. Do you know what he said? He said, religion is when the Holy Ghost has left the room. I can't agree with, agree with him more. See, I want the Holy Spirit to manifest. I want the power of God. If, if, if we didn't have the Holy Spirit here a few weeks ago, I'd still be walking around, you know, wounded, hurt, and it would cause me to not in completion fulfill the call of God in my life. But because we're open here, receptive here to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was able to do what he wanted to do. Do you understand what a big deal this is? Listen, I'd rather have a church of 500 or 50 or whatever, small work, than have a church of 10,000, and you know, the, there's no Holy Ghost. There's only dead, dry religion. You know what's wrong with our young people today? Because I got a bunch of them I'm surrounded by. They're bored with church. Why? Because there's no Holy Ghost. Think about it. How many of you, and don't, don't look at me and say it didn't happen, doesn't happen to you, how many of you sometimes in your prayer life get bored? You know, and you're like, you're praying and you're praying and you're praying, and you know, all kinds of prayer, you know, every single kind of prayer, Ephesians 6, 18, and praying and talking, and there's no presence. And then when the presence of God manifests, because, you know, those that seek him find him, you know, I don't know why he makes us, like, wait. Well, he did say wait. But I just think sometimes he just wants the roots of intimacy to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And we just have to keep pressing in and pressing in. We don't even realize that we've entered into a deeper place of intimacy because of pressing in. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost just manifests. And then it's like, wow, I had a visitation from God during prayer today. It just makes it so much better. It doesn't mean that we don't, we're not intimate with God or our prayers don't work or nothing's happening. Something's happening. But when you have that pow from the Holy Ghost, it just, it's just so much more fun. Doesn't the Holy Spirit make things more fun? 
That's why we can't be intimidated by the Holy Spirit. Church should be fun, too. Amen? Let's go on. So this was the beginning of miracles. Now, and not everyone that came to her meetings believed. This was a manifestation of the power gifts or the gifts of God's grace. Now, I want to say something about not everyone that came to her meetings believed. Because as she goes on, I'm going to tell you how it, the things happened with her. Do you know that when her ministry really blew up, who blew it up? The Holy Ghost. Because it wasn't the ministry of Catherine Coleman. It was the ministry of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Are you listening? And so, you know, there were people that would come into her service services, the camera people, you know, newspaper people, all these people, and they came to discredit her and, and, and spread lies about her and write bad articles about her. And do you know that those were some of the very ones in her meetings that got healed? Think about it. Well, I wouldn't heal them. They're bad people. Oh, they're, they're coming to despise, you know, what God's doing here. They're, they're God's enemies. Really? And God just came down and would heal them. What is that? That's the grace of God. How many of you know we need the grace of God now more than ever in the earth? And I got to tell you, honestly, especially here on the East Coast, there is no other place like the East Coast. There is something that we carry in the spirit that the enemy is afraid of. And you know it because we drive black cars, wear black clothes, you know, we have, we're stylish, we don't put up with anything, we're bold, we're strong, we're courageous, we have an attitude, you know, we're New Yorkers, we know how to walk fast on the streets, we know we just have something. If you go to Alabama and Mississippi, I'm not being mean to any of the other states, but you see every region has its uh, culture, and every region has somewhat of a, a personality or something they carry. The East Coast is going to arise. The East Coast is going to shine. The East Coast, Coast is going to be used to bring a demonstration of the power of God. We carry something. We're not moved by what we see. We're bold. We're strong. We're courageous. We're a little too opinionated at times. Right? But, you know, I was speaking at one of Walter N's, Pastor Walter N's. I can't pronounce his name. You know who Walter is. He's, he's one of your, your, our friends. And I remember I was preaching, and in the middle of my message, I had a, I had a the seer anointing started to manifest, and I saw these, these huge, um, they were like vats or containers, and they were up in the skies. You know, there is a heavenly realm. What we want to do is thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's where faith and expectation play and come into motion. And I saw these vats, and I saw them at a tipping point, and it was filled. These vats were filled with Matthew 44, 3. Fill oh, thank you. Filled with water, the water of the Spirit, filled with signs and wonders and miracles. And they were just starting to tilt, and it was just dripping, 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 dripping. It's beginning to rain, rain, rain. Hear the voice of the Father. 
saying, whosoever will come drink of this water, he's promised to pour his spirit out on his sons and his daughters. So if you're thirsty and dry, lift your hands to the sky. It's beginning to rain. And it was like that old song, Lydia, we used to sing back in the day. You remember we used to get water? That's why it was interesting you brought that water up. You know, we used to spray the water and throw the water and everybody would get wet. It was fun. But the Lord, I saw it just was starting to trickle. And it was starting to rain. And I'm going to tell you, things are building, my friends. That's why we're going to go into 2022 with clean hands, pure heart, healed, motivated. We're going to go in with everything closed. We're not going to remember the former things. We're not going to consider the things of old. God's desiring to do a new thing. And I don't know about you, but I'm saying yes. I always like to close the year off like this. You know, you know, everything's got to be clean. Everything's got to be in order. You know, I, I don't know how to describe it. I just have to make sure everything is in order before I go into the new year. Do you know that God is a God of order? Do you know that even when the Holy Spirit manifests, he, what does the scripture say? Let all things be done decently and in order. So I, I'm very excited about what's going on. So she had no control over these manifestations. It was an outpour of the Holy Spirit at that time in church history. She had nothing to do with this outpour other than, here we go, creating an atmosphere for him to operate. And what was the atmosphere that she created? Worship. I've told everybody about this church. I don't know what it is. They got something. What is it? And one day the Lord said to me, that church has got the heart of David. He was a man after God's own heart. And they're worshipers. And you know what? The worship that you create here is going, and you manifest here, is creating an atmosphere for miracles. When the charismatic renewal was going on, you know what Kenneth E. Hagin said? I'm only on page, you know, one. How long have I been preaching? Let me just check. She. <laughs> Brother Hagen said, when that charismatic renewal was going on, he said, it was like you could just stand there and pull a miracle out of the air. How many of you people love people that are hurting and with sickness and disease in their bodies? Doesn't that grip your heart? See, that's why as a house of prayer here at Worship Church, if you begin to have a new kind of praying begin to manifest, Romans 8, 26 and 28, the groanings and the travail, I believe that's part of groaning and travailing for the manifestation of these gifts to be in operation. That's why it's very important to continue steadfast, immovable, always abounding in prayer, even though we haven't been doing Wednesday nights, 
but don't stop praying because when we pray, there's going to come a time as we yield to him, you're going to start uh, to experience the inner, I call it the inner workings of the Holy Spirit where there's a groaning and a travail and an inward working. It's kind of like this. When Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus, how did he pray? The Bible says Jesus wept, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and then he declared and he decreed, he said, remove the stone. And he that was dead four days came forth up out of that tomb. He was dead four days. And then after that, he said, now loose him and let him go. In other words, remove the grave clothes from off of him. So those groanings, as they begin to manifest, I believe it's the beginning stages of this, this, man, this birth of this region being and seeing miracles. I'm just going to sit here for just a second. That was totally not planned. You see, because it takes three gifts to raise the dead. Gift of faith, gifts of working of miracles, okay? Because the gift of faith takes a hold of that miracle. There's absolutely 100% no doubt. Jesus had no doubt. He, he was so confident, he, he waited He waited till he got to the tomb of Lazarus. That faith took a hold of that miracle, and the gifts of healings, he had to get healed of whatever killed him in the first place. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Let's just lift our hands. Father, Father, we say yes to the Holy Spirit in prayer. We say yes. Use us as vessels. Shall, shall a nation be born at once when Zion travailed? Shall the we, we desire that those miracles begin to manifest. Father, I pray that you'd use us in that greater capacity in prayer to bring forth miracles, to bring forth the, the dead, to bring forth that which you desire to do in this region in Jesus' name. So, can I go a little longer? So, in talking about the Holy Spirit, I guess I was going to do it anyway because I didn't really wait until you guys said it was all right. <laughs> so, let's talk about the prominence of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. His, his mention in the Old Testament, the Old Testament mentions the Holy Spirit 88 times. 23 books in the Old Testament refer to the Holy Spirit. His mention in the New Testament, the New Testament mentions the Holy Spirit 264 times. 60 or more references in the Gospels. Acts has 57 references to the Holy Spirit. That's why some call it the Acts of the Holy Spirit. It was not the Acts of the Apostles. Can we get that through our head? It was the acts of the Holy Spirit. They talked to the Holy Spirit like he was a friend. The scriptures are so many, we can't get into it. One scripture said, it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit that we should do such and such. 
And by the way, there's no amen at the end of that book. We are living in the dispensation, I believe, of the last days. Jesus, in one of his visions, when he appeared to Brother Hagen, he said, before I come, he said, there is going to be another, a final and another major move of God, move of my spirit. I believe we're part of the mothers and the fathers that are getting this generation ready. Because like we talked about the other week, it's going to be said of this generation of the Davids and your kids and these young people, that if it, it'll be said of them like it was said of the early church, they that have turned the world have come hither also. The, ep the epistles refer to the Holy Spirit 132 times. Only three epistles make no mention of the Spirit. I'm going to take about another five minutes. To understand much of the Bible itself, one needs to understand such a prominent figure as the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is not a mere influence, blessing, or manifestation. Like we said, he is a person. We've heard messages about the Father. We've heard messages about knowing God. We've heard messages about the ministry of Jesus. But we are living in times when we must know and understand the person of the Holy Spirit. As we begin to honor and understand the person of the Holy Spirit, we will see more manifestation of these grace gifts in the church. So somebody said, well, what you're focusing, can we focus too much on the Holy Spirit? I don't think so. Why? What is the Holy Spirit's mission? To reveal Jesus. He will testify of me. He will show you things to come. He will take the things of mine and show it unto you, right? What is, is Jesus' mission? What was his mission? He had a mission, didn't he? His mission was to reveal the Father. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're all three in perfect harmony. They never had a crisis management meeting in heaven. They never tried to sit down and work things out. They never had a power struggle amongst themselves. Francis Chan wrote in his book, Forgotten Love, Our Tragic Neglect of the Holy Spirit. He said, if I were Satan and my ultimate goal was towards God's kingdom and his purposes, one of my main strategies would be to get churchgoers to ignore the Holy Spirit. Without him... People operate in their own strength and, like we said before, only accomplish human size results. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.